and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the faithful Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. So, um, this week we will be discussing the uh, Battle of Rancid Avocados. Yeah. Uh, AKA. The I must Battle have written that wrong. I've, I've put the Battle of uh, Ravioli Avcolon. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, you're right. Thanks for, for the correction there. Um, but before we get there, I'm sure there, there are other matters to discuss. Matters of great No, import. not this week. Let's, no. let's just get straight to it. <laughs> yeah, just bash it out in half an hour. We can yeah. all get on with our lives. Just a trial run for the new year when we're not going to do any, any features at all. Just, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... Doctor Who, and we'll just get it. Let's get on with it. Yeah, we can do it in in three minutes. Just like, did you like it, Matt? Yeah, it's all right. Okay, see you next week. We don't even need that. I'm just going to put out on Twitter just a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and that (laughs) that is our review every week. Every Saturday morning, it will go live. Yeah. Oh, if only we'd thought about that three years ago, eh, Matt? Yeah. (laughs) Saved ourselves a lot of time. Yeah. Could have bashed this whole project out in an afternoon. Oh, dear. Well, anyway, we are where we are. Um, The wheelie big quiz continues, presumably. Oh, David, David. You thought you'd seen a big quiz. Mm -hmm. You thought you'd seen a wheelie big quiz. I did think that, yes. Wait until you see this week's quiz. Mm. Is it wheelie, wheelie big? Oh, it's... I'm trying to think of a big Robot Wars robot. It's... So kill a lot is yeah. the obvious example. Yeah, for one week only, we are having the Sir Kill a Lot quiz. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, where do you want to start this week, Matt? You watched any interesting telly? Um, what have I watched? I did watch something this week that I thought was quite mm-hmm. good, and then I can't remember what it was. Oh, Taskmaster. I feel like we haven't really mentioned that. Last no, year, last series, we were nicely. all over it. Yeah, I, I'm still really enjoying it. I think it's been a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's my favourite lineup ever, but it's really solid. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, uh, it's been uh, Victoria Corrin Mitchell has been fascinating to watch on yeah. Taskmaster. See, I, I'm enjoying Alan Davies as well, fulfilling the uh, the elderly cast member that can't quite <laughs> fathom what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he gives me very much series one Frank Skinner vibes. Yeah, which yeah. I'm 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 uh, very much here for. Um, so yeah, it, that's been very enjoyable. I'm continuing with my Gravity Falls rewatch. Going okay. Uh, yeah, only trying. only a handful of episodes left. Uh, that is such a good, breezy but engaging watch. I I do really thoroughly recommend it to anyone if they've never. Uh, giving it a go because it's only it's you know short episodes two series bish bash bosh you know yeah. um, but re- really consistently good like the, the humour it, it really struck me on this watch through the humour of it actually really puts me in mind of uh, classic era Simpsons yeah back when the Simpsons was good yeah yeah the sort of the way it builds up all the townsfolk and uh stuff like that and the sort of very cavalier low-key absurdism 
uh, of it. it, it I, I really, really like it. It's such a great little series. It's one of those ones that's like, you watch it, you think, this is wasted on kids. Mm. <laughs> um, like, when, when I got Disney+, Plus, I yeah. went through and re-watched like, all my favourite Simpsons episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was a little bit sad. I was just like, it's just not as good. No. You know, like the one where Homer works for Hank Scorpio, the James Bond villain. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's that's an unreal episode of The Simpsons. Or the one with uh, Homer's enemy. Mm. I, I forget what he's called now. But again, just like, it used to be so good, didn't it? Yeah, it just, it really, it's, it's Frank a classic Grimes. example that was of, what he was called. Frank Grimes. That's the one, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a classic example of one of those things that just kind of dragged on too long. I mean, I know you're going to make a joke about Doctor Who right now, but the, the, the difference with Doctor Who, of course, is, is that it's constantly reinventing itself and refreshing. Mm. The Simpsons is just stuck. Yeah. It, you know... <laughs> Occasionally, they they sort of transpose the 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 backstories of 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 the the main characters to so that they can still be the same age they are currently. Because isn't it a case that like there's an origin episode of like Homer and Marge where they sort of meet in the late seventies, and then there's another one where they're in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. It it just needs to die. But uh, anyway, um, on on a less gloomy note, I, I I mean I I'm also quite keen, genuinely, to to get this this episode banged out fairly sharpish because I've got an afternoon free and if I've got time, I'm going to try and watch Shang Chi on Disney oh, wow. Plus. Ah, uh, see, um, I, I'm probably just going to play more World of Warcraft. I'm in too deep, David. <laughs> oh no! Like at the oh, minute, no. if I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it or I'm researching it. I've I've just yeah. finished the uh, fighting pits of Maldraxxus. If anyone's interested, anyone familiar? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let me know. We we can go raiding together. I always put messages out for people. Is it so? Is is it still a very active? Oh yeah. Yeah. Community and stuff. I think like, I'm right in saying it's still like the biggest MMO on earth. I don't think it's mm. at, like it's peak, mm. but uh, the new expansion's not that old, so I think a lot of people came back to play that. Right, I see. I just want to know what that what that jailer's up to, David. That dastardly jailer. <laughs> well, I oh, don't let me keep you. Let's let's. Uh, and on, what role you? does Jaina Proudmore play in it all? I can't. Wrap my head round it, David. I miss the old days where all I had to care about was a pesky lich king here and there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I have watched anything else that's been good. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, last night I was watching... Uh, I watched the first couple of episodes of the Adam Curtis documentary series The Century of the Self. Which I can recommend if anyone's interested in a sort of uh, slightly uh, nightmarish uh, collage-like take on um, the uh, theories of Sigmund Freud and how they influence the evolution of 20th century politics and uh, capitalism. It's pretty... It's good stuff. 
And you say I'm wasting your time. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Not not an Adam Curtis fan? Never heard of him, but I know I don't like him. Based on Th- what you've just told me. <laughs> I thoroughly recommend, if, if anyone's uh, n- never watched anything by Adam Curtis, The Power of Nightmares is um, absolutely seminal uh, documentary series. Right. In that vein, then, I will recommend Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> you know what? I would second that recommendation as well. I there feel like... Anytime you're going to recommend something, I'm going to gazump it and... Muppets Treasure Island. There you go. Watch that I mean, this week. Let us know hard, what you think. Hard to top. Hard yeah. to top. Tim Curry having absolute ball in that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the best Muppet film or is that Christmas Carol? Mm. For just for just a good watch whenever, Treasure Island is probably my go-to. Um, but obviously Christmas Carol is, you know... It is is one of the things that that is a genuine Christmas tradition for me. So um, I I think Christmas Carol for me is the more special of the two, though I probably I don't know I I probably average uh, Muppets Treasure Islands once every couple of years. So I, yeah, I probably see Christmas Carol a little more often. Say I I would recommend here's a here's a hearty recommendation for you. Uh, I think you can get it on iTunes. You'll definitely be able to find it on Spotify, YouTube. There's an album called The Green Album, which is modern bands, modern uh, artists performing the songs of the Muppets. (laughs) Oh, that sounds great. So it's got uh, Weezer with the girl out of Paramore singing Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And one of my favourite bands, Alkaline Trio, doing a cover of Moving Right Along by Kermit the Frog and Fozzie Bear. So, Excellent. there's my real recommendation this week. Listen to that. Great. All righty then. Uh, so, Matt, what have you been eating this week? Oh, I've got a special meal of the week this week. Mm. Great. Uh, so, yesterday... Uh, my wife was at work in the morning, and the one job I had was to take her mobile phone, her old mobile phone, to CEX and just trade it in for some cash. Yeah. So my plan was go to CEX, and then there's a nice pub near the CEX. Uh, it's one of the Hungry Horse pubs, and I was just going to get a yep. great big breakfast. So all week I was like, oh, Saturday morning, lovely fry up. It's going to be good. But when I got there, it was closed. So I was panicking. But on the retail park, like right next to the pub, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the hotel and have like a breakfast buffet instead. Like a hotel breakfast buffet. Yeah, uh, And when I got there, when I walked in, the lady was like, oh, can I have your room number, please? And before I could say, oh, I don't have a room, I'd just like to pay for a breakfast, she was like, oh, don't worry, just go in and we can square up afterwards. And then, like, I ate my whole breakfast. And then when I went to pay up at the end, 
they were like, oh no, you just pay up as part of your checkout. So I just had a free breakfast buffet yesterday. Because <laughs> of the confusion between all the staff. I literally just walked into a hotel. And I, I, I've already said, David, I wanted a big breakfast. I, I, yeah. I was eating more than anyone should. <laughs> and it cost me exactly zero pounds, zero pence. Oh, goodness me. I If if I was in your shoes, that would be a strong contender for meal of the year for me. Like, I, I was gorging myself, David. <laughs> and, like, because I knew, no matter how much I ate, there was a maximum price cap. Yeah. So, I, I had two full plates of, like, English breakfast. I ate over six sausages, David. Right? Good Lord. And then, yeah. I was like, right, I'll have some continental, I'll have a bit of yoghurt and a pastry... You know, mm-hmm. multiple cups of coffee, just bagels. I was just going <laughs> mad for breakfast. <laughs> uh, and it didn't cost me a penny. I walked out there like the King of England. <laughs> Might have cost you about three months on your lifespan. Yeah. But... <laughs> it was just the way they were like, oh, you just pay at the desk when you square up. And I was like, oh, thanks. I'll go do that now. And I just took a hard left out the exit and just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, so, sorry if you are, I don't know, is it Lenny Henry that does Premier Inn? It was a Premier I believe so. Yeah, so Lenny Henry might come, like, debt collecting at my house. Whoa. Break one of my thumbs as payment. <laughs> for my... But, uh, yeah. And it wasn't, do you know what, it wasn't the nicest breakfast I've ever had. It was just a hotel breakfast. Mm-hmm. But just the circumstances around it. The- Exactly. I mean, it's that it's that perfect combination of uh, of quantity and uh, um, oh, there's that peep show line, isn't it? The, the the secret ingredient of crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the man was like, "Oh, would you like a fried egg, a poached egg, or scrambled eggs?" Do you know what my answer was, David? Was it all of the above? No, I just said yes, please, <laughs> and then just yeah. held my plate out. Oh, yeah. Good times. Well, um, I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking. I've been trying hard to think of um, what my meal of the week has been. It's not, it's not been remarkable, Matt. I'm gonna lie. It's been a pretty much, um, you know, the come down off of uh, Little Absorbaloff's birthday uh, weekend has, has has meant that it's pretty much just been daily grind for the rest of the week. Um, I'm just going to go with pure recency bias and say the uh, the mini roll I had mere seconds before we hit record on this. I'm, I'm starting to feel that your heart's not in Meal of the Week anymore. I ha- I I have much less opportunity to to eat out and do and um, stuff than you. It's um it's a lot more challenging for me to have a really fancy exciting meal. Um, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We've only got what, like, six weeks left of meal of the week. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it, when Christmas holidays roll around, we could be uh, looking at a different, different ball game. Can you it's, remember uh, what your current winner for meal of the year is? I believe um, it was week one curry, but I had it round my mum's house with. Um, yeah, uh, most of right. my family present. That's right, I remember. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for the new year, David, when we can can all this off. <laughs> like, who knows what our next adventure is going to be? Mm. Are we going to try and come up with any for, to start the year out with uh, next year? Or are we just going to sort of see what em- emerges organically? I don't know. Are we going to do something of the week, but not television highlight or meal? Mm. Like You see, I've, I, I have had an idea for a segment, but I don't know whether to... I'll, I'll probably keep it under my hat for now. Okay, okay. We could, it's something we can discuss off pod. Um, but anyway, suffice it to say, the mini roll that I hastily scoffed before hitting record probably isn't my meal of the year. It was nice, though. Tasted of chocolate. I, I got to enjoy it whilst catching up with you briefly off air. Yep. You know. I wondered One of the more what that was. things that's happened. Because you kind of just went, oh, excuse me a moment. And then all I heard was like, I thought you had like a snuffling pig in your house or something. Like, are, are you hunting for uh, truffles? Uh, anyway, I thought like enough. your central his see, your central heating system was gurgling, but, but alas, no. Indeed. Um, all right then. I think that's enough dilly dallying, don't you? Yeah, there is one other thing I need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday night, 9 o'clock, YouTube, the Doctor oh, yes. Who after show. Uh, we, we've we recorded in a weird order, so it's not even been a week since we last recorded, David. Uh, no, it, it, we, we've so said it's been a will, bit of a shop. There will be one tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Currently 50-50 whether I'll be making an appearance. Uh, of course, by the time this episode comes out, yeah, we people will know, will know whether I'm there or not. So, mm. if you tuned in looking for me and I'm not there, then jokes on you, losers. <laughs> um, yeah. Or if Gosh, you were... I'm, I'm excited for uh, episode three of Flux tonight. Really? Yeah. Proper excited. Uh, I'm trying to think what I'll be doing instead. Probably cooking some mince and Yorkshire puddings. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Now, there is one final thing I want to address, David. Yes, indeed. Okay. I don't know if you saw this week, but there's a fox in my house. Oh, I did see the image of the fox, yes. What is it? Where's it come from? <laughs> is it genuinely a mystery to you What the who who's left this fox in your house? Yeah, well, my wife said one of her friends gave us it as a present, but, like... For for context, that, sisters, because not, not everyone's on Twitter. Uh, it's a it's a like a, is it a taxidermied fox. It, it no, it, it's like it's a, just a, a statuette of some sort. It, yeah, it's like it's like a stuff. It's not made of real fox, right. but it's like a soft plush fox. Uh, I've nicknamed it the Brexit fox because it's wearing a fox hunting jacket. Yeah, it's got a cane. It's about four foot tall. It's absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is not in keeping with the feng shui of my living room, I would say. <laughs> you know, it doesn't match any of our furniture. And oh, I, I, I mean, you must have redecorated since last time I, I, I was around your house. Because I, I remember stepping into your living room and thinking I, I just walked into a typical country pub. David, you, David, you had a plough mounted on one wall. David, I, I know you're yeah. doing a joke, but yeah. I hate that fox. <laughs> right? 
Currently, the plan is to stick it in a massive box and ship it to Married to Who for their uh, secret Santa gift. Mm. What if you but, do that and the next day... It's Yeah, it's, it's like the cat came back. Yeah. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. Sometimes when I, my house is really quiet, I think I can hear it whisper to me. It like goes, <laughs> I'm going to get you. Plus, I'm slightly concerned that the stuffing used to pad it out is something like spider's eggs. Maybe. You know, I, I really think it could be the equivalent of smallpox on a blanket. Mm. I hate it, David. Well, I mean, do keep us in the loop. Yeah. On uh, on on uh, Fox developments. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't really have anything further to add to that. I mean, good luck, Matt. I hope I hope it doesn't come alive and and just murder you in your sleep. Mm. I, I I don't think it's likely to, but I can't I can't completely rule it out. Obviously. No, no, I I've seen. I've seen it, David. When I close my eyes, that fox haunts me. Oh, well, um, good luck is all I can say, Matt. Good luck with that. Um, I think it's time to get it over and done with, Matt. Um, are you ready for the uh, Sir Killalot quiz? David, I was born ready. David, I want your undivided attention. You have it, sir. Okay. Because this week, the questions are submitted by the Martin McLean Hall of Fame member, Marie Boudreau. Mm-hmm. Say hello, David. Hi, Marie. I want you to know, David, before anything else. Yes. Okay. Before we do anything quiz-related... Mm-hmm. The first thing we're going to do is put some respect on Marie's name, okay? Because yeah. there's two questions per round this week. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. The double helping. Yeah. So you have the potential to win £20, David. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Now, Marie made a point of saying how hard she worked on these, and, David, it shows. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to be... Just an anxiety-ridden, gelatinous <laughs> blob by the time we're done here this afternoon. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's to be honest, that's my general state to begin with. So um, I think I'll, I shall be just a puddle right. by the end of this. Right. Okay. Are you sitting comfortably, David? Uh, I am. Yeah, I right. mean, up to a point. Okay. So for each round, there's one question... Mm-hmm. And then the second question's more like just a bit of fun trivia. Okie okay. dokie. So I'll do my best to keep you in line. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I might revoke your right to gamble this week because I don't think I can afford forty pounds. If you get it, <laughs> okay, don't. Okay, but from last week, popular new segment. If I feel you're wasting time trying to think of an answer, you might be interrupted by Morrissey again. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke that Morrissey probably hates sending money abroad to, for aid, but he probably does, to be fair. I mean, he, yeah, he def, he, he recent, uh, recent developments have, have made that pretty clear. Yeah. Right, David. Yes. Round one, Time Lords. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. In which episode did Missy appear before we saw her face? Before we saw her face. Okay. I, I'm, I, I, the way I'm interpreting that question is when did her she first start sort of pulling the strings, as it were? So that would be the Bells of St. John. Oh, David. There was multiple choice answers, but you didn't need them. Well done. Ah, excellent. Okay. So question two from that round. Mm-hmm. In the episode Dark Water, what did the three W's stand for? Oh, it's it's something awful, and I can't remember what it is. Would you like the multiple choice answers? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Three W's could be the founders' last names. Mm-hmm. It could be what, where, why. Mm-hmm. It could be, don't cremate me, or it could be that if you take three W's, line them up and turn them sideways, it looks like a zipper which is located on the Cyberman's trousers. <laughs> it's don't cremate me because it's three words, isn't it? That's what it stands yeah. for. Three W's, three words. Yeah, don't cremate me. Two out of two, David. Well done. Mm. Okay. Round two is Companions. Right then. Okay. Which of the following locations is the only one not mentioned by River in the two-part Silence of the Library, Forest of the Dead that we later see her at with the Doctors? Ah, what a great question. Okay, what are my options? Option A, the Byzantium. Mm-hmm. B, Asgard. C, yeah. the Singing Towers of Derillion. Or D, Trenzalor. I think it's Trenzalor. Three out of three, David. Well done. Oh, On a excellent. bit of a roll. Yeah. Shall we stick with Silence in the Library? Let's do it. Let's do it. In Silence of the Library, the Doctor mentions that the whole planet is a library, with whole continents dedicated to different sections. Which section did the Doctor and Donna land in? Do I get multiple choice on this one? You do. Okay. A. Diaries. B. Biographies. C. Science Fiction. Or D, Monty Python. 
Now, there is a reference to Monty Python's Big Red Book. Uh, great book, by the way. Um, but I don't think it's that. I think it's biographies. Four out of four, David. Which, you know what? I was I, I, I had it in the back of my head, but I didn't want to risk it, so I went for multiple choice. But, uh, yeah. Right. Okay. So the next questions come from Episodes and Stories. Which two-part episode did Rachel Talalate first direct for Doctor Who? Right. Um, now, I'm pretty confident I know the answer to this, but I am the sun. Uh, okay, and look. The no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, uh, no, uh, pride comes before a fall. Multiple choice. Okay. Multiple choice. Give me the multiple choice. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure I know the answer, but I'm not risking it. Okay. Is it heaven sent, hell bent? Is it world enough in time, the Doctor falls? Or is it the Zygon invasion, the Zygon inversion? The, her, the first one she directed. Yeah. Um, well, it's none of those. It's Dark Water, Death in Heaven, isn't it? Well, why did you ask for the multiple choice then, David? Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I just thought I'd see how you react if I don't give you the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just don't want to get it wrong. I'm on such a streak right now. You are. Five out of five. Right, okay. David, question six. Yep. There is one popular song played in episodes that feature in both RTD and Moffat's Runs. Oh. Can you name that song? Not without multiple choice. This, is, this isn't coming to mind, so... Your options are A. Merry Christmas, everybody. Mm. B. Ring Around the Rosie. C. Don't Bring Me Down. Or D. Toxic by Britney Spears. No, I definitely know if that if that last one was in the Moffat era. I don't think it is. I'm going to go with the perhaps obvious route of Merry Christmas, everyone, um, which I think might have featured in both the Christmas Invasion and uh, Last Christmas. Correct, Amundo. Six out oh. of six. Oh ho ho. Right. Okay, so we're at the halfway point now. We are. Right. Oh, this is tough. Like six episodes, six questions is enough for me. I'm, <laughs> I am. Uh, Do you want to have a little sweating. nap? Make a <laughs> cup of tea. We'll come back. <laughs> no, it's okay. Let's we can do up. it like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'll read the question and I'll go, David, the answer will be revealed after this break. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, I, I feel sure everyone is just rolling their eyes that I get so intense in, in the in the Winnie Pig quiz. Like, yeah. it it shouldn't matter, but I'm the sort of person that can't not care about this 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 stuff. Um, I take it far too seriously. Um, come on, let's crack on. Let's let's uh, let's right. get this. So your next so. questions come from the topic years and dates. Uh, does it even need mentioning that this is not my strong suit? No. So, in The Empty Child, the Doctor and Rose arrive in which year during World War Two? Oh. 
Okay, well, it's during the Blitz, which implies later. I'm not, I'm not a historian. I feel like it's almost not worth having the multiple Shut choice. Shut your mouth. Okay. But no, go say. on. Give me the multiple choice. Give me the multiple choice. Uh, 1939, 1940, 1941, or 1942? I'm going to say 1942. Oh, it's 1941. Is it? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's got to hurt. That's mm. got to hurt. It does. It does. But you've got a chance to pull it back with this next question, David. Okay. So, along with The Doctor Dances, David, mm -hmm. which, of course, is the sequel to The Empty Child, which other episode does that hospital feature in? Mm. Now, this is some trivia that I didn't actually know. So I'm definitely going to want the multiple choice to try and narrow it down. The options are Smith and Jones, New Earth, Idiot's Lantern, or Aliens of London. Okay, only two of those prominently feature hospitals: Smith and Jones and New Earth. I think I'm going to say Smith and Jones. Okay, David. Yep. The answer is Aliens of London. Is it? Oh, oh! Of course. There's that whole section with with the the, the pig. Yeah, it must be in that. Oh man, I'd forgotten about that. That seems mm. a long time ago. Yes, doesn't it? Quite. Mm. All right. Right. We have four questions remaining, David. Yeah. From monsters. In heaven sent, what stops the veil in its tracks? Um, truth. It, it, the Doctor confessing. I will allow that. Mm. The answer on the card, David, says confessions. Yeah. Okay. So that takes you up to seven correct answers this week. Now, in keeping with that episode, David, what did the tile say that the Doctor dug up in the garden? Ah. Uh. I am human um, and I need to be loved. Okay, I, I am in 12. I'm pretty sure it says I am in 12. Wow. Got that one straight away. Yeah. I, th I think me singing old Smith songs really <laughs> helps you. <laughs> it annoys me into making a decision, for sure. Yeah. Who knows? I might sing This Charming Man next week. <laughs> right. What character... Sorry, this is from Cast Crew and Beyond. Mm. What character in The Impossible Astronaut does the father of actor Mark Shepard, so that's the actor that plays Canton Everett Delaware III, yes. play in the same episode? Okay, well, he plays uh, he plays um, uh, Everett Canton Delaware III, but his older self. I don't know if I can accept that, David. Now, you said Everett Canton, Delaware. The correct oh, answer is on. Canton, Everett, Delaware. You... I, think, I think I'll allow that. Thank you. Okay. Final question, David. Yep. Are you ready? Um, uh, yes. Let's, let's do this. 
Are you enjoying these dramatic pauses to build Not up the in drama? The least. <laughs> if we could make this as 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 uh, drama free and joyless an experience as possible, that would be perfect for me. <laughs> what event did the silence need from nineteen sixty nine? When the Doctor, Amy, Rory and River show up in the beginning of The Impossible Astronaut. Uh, what event did they need? See, there I was trying to spin it out so long you'd mm. forget the beginning of the question well, by the time I... Well, he clearly managed, but uh, it's the, the moon landing, isn't it? I'm going to give you four options, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Is it... Neil Armstrong's foot activity. Mm -hmm. Was it for humans to engineer a spacesuit? All right, okay, yeah. Was it the Destiny Trap? Or was it a worldwide broadcast? Um, it was the, for en humans to engineer a spacesuit. I'm so sorry, David. Mm -hmm. But that is the correct answer. Yes, indeed. So you got 10 out of 12 there. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. No. Um, I mean, I'm thankful to Marie that she shares, uh, I think, a bit of my Moffat bias. Yeah. Um, which is... Uh, which could, I, I, You know, it's the era I've probably rewatched the most. Uh, and... Um, but yeah, no, that's... Oh. I'm, still, I'm still kicking myself about 1942. Well, but hey, don't hey. worry. Well, I'm just going to take two seconds to add that to our total so we can get an up-to-date figure. Excellent. Right, so we are now at 267 pounds, David. Crikey. Okay, which is 82% of our target. That's amazing. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. Especially if you factor in uh, gift aid, we're over £300. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and huge thanks to everyone who's donated so far. Yeah. and we're, I know we're getting up to Christmas, and I know times are tight, but any donation is most welcome. Mm. Okay. So... All we really want is to beat last year. That's and all I really want. I, I want us to hit that, that class uh, target. Yeah, that's it. So we only... Realistically, David, if you get full marks every week, we'll beat that. Yeah, that's a big ask, though, isn't it? As, as we've seen, I fluked it once. I know. Pressure's on. Mm. Um, in terms of next week, David... I don't actually know who you'll be going up against because we've run out of questions. Uh, so I, 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 I could submit some if you like. Should we do you versus me? <laughs> oh, oh that we should do that one. How many rounds have we got left? Including Christmas, six weeks left. Right. No. So there'll be the 27th because this is the episode for the 20th. Yeah. So 27th, 4th, 11th, 18th. So, yeah, we've got five weeks to go. 
Five weeks, yeah. All that leaves us with, David, is the battle of rabbits and carrots. <laughs> that would have been a much more entertaining episode. Yeah. I feel like we've seen that episode. Have we? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't bloody know with this stuff anymore. Uh, um, let, <laughs> the second we bring this episode up, it just immediately takes the wind out of the sails, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, come on. Um, let's hear what our listeners have to say right, about now, this episode. Now, David, We've I've been really clever this week. Have you? You, you know, last week I said, if it's over five tweets, I'm not reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put the same message out this week, but I only said four. Oh, oh, oh. Guess what I'll put next week? <laughs> All right? So we're cutting it right down. We're streamlining. It's working. Saving us actual minutes. Yeah. Right. Let's go back to the very first message we got this week. First message came from Frank. Say hello, David. Hello. Frank sent this in four different messages. One word per message. Yeah. Really, really, really bad. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, your sworn nemesis, the Cloyster Bell podcast, have been in touch. Hello, chaps. Yeah. You've been lording it still, haven't you? (laughs) You're in quiet. You didn't didn't beat... Marie, this week, and all of a sudden you're, like, back in your shell. (laughs) Right. The lovely gentleman over at the Cloyster Bell podcast say, I wish I could be bothered to re-watch it to give you some feedback, but can't be bothered as it was a bit meh. Maybe it deserves another chance, but it failed as a series finale and was pretty unmemorable. I consider Resolution to be a better finale. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, resolution for context, Matt, is uh, the episode we'll be doing next week, which is the, n- the New Year's special. Oh, I'm excited already. Mm. Uh, we then have Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Mark. I listened to the first episode of All of Time and Space uh, earlier today, whilst I was having a bit of a tidy. Oh, nice. It's uh, really good. They they seem to share our passion for pointless quizzes. Yeah. So, um, if you're curious, listeners, um, uh, one episode in, I, I heartily recommend, and I have no reason to believe uh, it, it uh, will do anything other than improve on an already very good start. Oh, there you go. High praise. Yeah. Right. So, Mark says... I haven't watched it for a very long time, but I remember it being incredibly underwhelming. Not really what I'd come to expect from a season finale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next message comes from Mr. Handsome himself, James Courtney. Say hello, David. Hello, James. Okay. James says, did you know in 2018, Chris Chibnall won a Nobel Prize? He invented the cure for insomnia. <laughs> Oh, what a wag you are, James. Okay. We then have the curator, BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, I fell asleep the first time I was watching this, which is really all you need to know. 
He tries to bring back Tim Shaw and tie the season together, but the climax doesn't deal at all with the larger empire he's a representative of. It suffers from Kilblam syndrome to some extent. Thirteen threatening to kick Graham out the TARDIS for wanting to kill the guy who killed his wife is a massive step too far for me. Not only is it a super cold move towards her supposed friend, remember that this is the same person who travelled with Jamie, Leela and Captain Jack. Not to mention the backstory we get has nothing to do with the actual story and so just wastes our time. A crap overall finale. The only fun thing about this episode is that my friend Em and I call it the Battle of Rick Astley. <laughs> yep. Right. The next message, David, comes from Quizmaster Extraordinaire this week, Marie Boudreau. Say hello, David. Hi, Marie. Who says, I went back to re-watch it as I couldn't remember a thing from it. I felt it was an okay episode. Like that they brought back Tim Shaw, since they haven't had many other arcs this run. However, I did not realise it was a finale. How upsetting. I do agree that the next episode feels much more like a finale. I love the actress Phyllis... Sorry, I love the actress Phyllis Logan and thought she did a great performance considering her character isn't very great. Who thinks Tim Shaw is something of a state of a creator synth... Well, I can't get my words out. Who thinks Tim Shaw is something of a creator... I can't... I've lost the ability to read, David. Hold on. Oh. Right. I love the actress Phyllis Logan and thought she did a great performance considering her character isn't very great who thinks Tim Shaw is someone of creator status, then sacrifices the only other one of her kind to said moron. I do also like... And then... I don't know if my phone's broken. It's missed a message. I'll come back to that. If I either, either that or Marie uh, wanted to say something positive about the episode and then forgot. I just couldn't oh. come up with anything. Yeah, I think that might just be like a Saki. I do also yeah. like... And then just, just the, turn uh, and walk away. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I also that... forgot to say, I'm waiting for Marie to do this week's tradition of sending a picture saying, I'm better than David. <laughs> yeah. Right. We've got a few more to go. Three more to go, David. Okay, The next one comes from Jake from the Married to Who podcast. Say hello. Hello, Jake. Okay. David, we did get a message this morning. It was from Sam from uh, Married to Who, who says that, yes, she does want to do Secret Santa, so we're going to send her everything. Okay, so this right. is a bit awkward. I hope Jake's not listening, but he's getting nada from us this year. <laughs> right. Jake says, another example of the most interesting part of the story, the Ux being brushed to the side. Oh, and my favourite variation of the title is the Battle of Rancid Avocados. Mm. Yeah. Right. The uh, sorry, the penultimate one is from James Swift. Say hello, David. Hello, James. Who says, When I did my recent rewatch, I wrote down my thoughts as soon as it went off. I did this because of this episode. This episode is like the silence. I can only remember what is happening as I am watching it. After it goes off, I completely forget what has happened. I've seen it four times and I can never remember what happened. I think with that in mind, this is my least favourite episode of this season. I also think it's my least favourite finale. 
even the weaker finales in the past, I can remember what happened, but with this, I go completely blank. I don't think Tim Shaw is a very good villain. It gets personal, but I just don't find myself getting interested in it. It's a nice arc for Graham, but nothing that wasn't solved in the perfection that was It Takes You Away. And then James Courtney chimes in and says, yeah, but he's got a cape now, so he's more evil. <laughs> right, final tweet, David. Can I ask you to stand for this, please? Uh, sure. Bear with me one moment. I'm standing. Can you place one hand on your heart? Certainly. Done. And can you say hello to Marty McLean? Hello, Marty. Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M-A-R-T-Y. M-A-R-T-Y. Marty, 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 Marty. Please be seated. Right, Marty says... <laughs> What are you laughing at? Uh, nothing. Okay. Matty says, The Battle of Rancid Avocados is an incredible finale. It is unmatched in its ability to leave me remembering fuck all. Its <laughs> lasting impact is so profound, I never need to watch it again. Mm -hmm. wow. So bad. I'm just scanning through. Did anyone say anything nice? <laughs> or was all the niceness in a vein of sarcasm and mocking? I, I think it probably was. Wow. It, I think uh, it's fair to say, Matt, this is not a popular episode of Doctor Who. Uh, but that being said, I'm very curious uh, to hear what you made of it. Right, well, using our rating system, David. Yes. Y are but, you adding a new rating? Uh, I might do. <laughs> okay. Okay. And this week's new rating is, was this episode disappointing? Yes. Was it a bad episode? No. Right, okay. I think if you'd have put this three or four episodes forward in the series, because let's be honest, it's not a finale, is it? it it's a real damp squib of, of a finale, and that is certainly one of the issues at play yeah, but here. This, this would fit in. Middle of the series. Mm hmm Okay. It's not terrible. It's just I appreciate people's expectations would have been high and they weren't matched. Yeah. I, I, I personally would slightly disagree with that in that I do think it's quite poorly written. Mm. Um, so in a rare step for me, Matt, I've actually made some notes here. Oh, wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read Bloody you. Bloody hell! I'm gonna read you. First time in over three years. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm gonna read you just a short list I've made of fantastic ideas that are in this this story. Okay. So, uh, the yucks, I think, is an interesting concept. You know, um, the sort of uh, millennia spanning. Um, uh, dimensional engineers fueled by faith. That's a brilliant sci-fi concept. Um, the whole idea of this sort of like mind-bending atmosphere on this planet, um, I think, is really interesting. The whole 
mystery of encountering this like ship's captain with memory loss and you, you, you don't know if if um he's a good guy or a bad guy whether he sort of murdered his own crew or whatever i think that's a really interesting idea um the, graham sort of standing up to the doc, doctor and having a sort of civil moral disagreement about where to draw the line in terms of violence against um uh you know wrongdoers that's interesting. It's good to have the Doctor being tested, I think, and put under pressure, not just by the enemies that they encounter, but also by their, their, their travelling companions as well. Um, the, the concept of the Doctor's actions making things worse, we saw that, I think, brilliantly done in uh, Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways. Uh, in you know that that whole story essentially being fallout of the the actions of the Doctor, uh, several episodes earlier in the long game, and we get it again here. Um, her actions in the Woman Who Fell to Earth have directly led to this situation on Ranskor of Kolos, and the, just the concept of planets being collected as trophies. I think that's a really fascinating idea as well. So that's a list of six, I think, brilliant ideas. Absolutely none of them are effectively used in this story. <laughs> There's no proper exploration or payoff on any of those things. No, like, I, I don't want to jump ahead too far. Yeah. But, like, uh, like, my final line of my notes. Bear in mind this is a series finale. Yeah. I've just put, they say goodbye, the Doctor calls them fam. Like... Like, nothing... This is a middle-of-the-series episode. Like, it's, I kept it's, waiting for something to happen. Yeah, it's... It, it just wasn't there. It's a, it's a first draft. It's a first draft that somehow has made it onto the screen. Mm. You know, you've got all of these interesting ideas, but they're all undercooked. They all have no kind of emotional payoff. They don't tie together properly. And the end result is a story in which our protagonists, basically, for the majority of the story, just walk around a series of corridors having stuff explained to them. Mm. That's it. It, 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 you know, I've, I, I... I've advanced many times now on the podcast. I've got my perfect recipe for an episode of Doctor Who, which is funny, exciting, scary, sad. This basically f fails to, to tick any of those boxes for me. Mm. The humour doesn't work. The, the, the Tim Shaw's sort of menacing in places, but never really comes across as a credible, well, credible threat because he barely moves. Well, the thing is as well, right, and again, yeah. let, let's just go spoilers. Let's just go to the end. Cause, yeah, 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 okay. Right, okay. So, at the end, it's like, oh, he's it, it, the big bad. But don't worry, we've locked him in this cupboard forever, right? But you yep. don't see that. Like, yes, he got shot in the foot, but we've seen he's got, like, energy powers out his hands. So are you telling me an old man and his grandson just picked him up and he didn't put up any fight? Apparently just... not. Because you, you see him in the stasis thing afterwards, so presumably they were just able to, to just handily just pop him in there. Yeah, apparently they've just gone, right, you're going in here, end of. And he's gone, yeah, all right, you've beaten me. That is not how the villain's portrayed. Yeah. Uh, I, it just... 
this script, it either needed another pair of eyes on it or just a lot more time to develop. Maybe it needed to be a two-parter so that there was room to tease out the emotional heft behind all of those, as I say, genuinely good, interesting sci-fi ideas. It's not, I'm, I'm not one of those people who says, oh, Chibnall's just a bad writer. He clearly has a good imagination, and we've seen he is capable of writing good episodes of Doctor Who and other television besides. He, in broad touch, it's enormously successful. <clears throat> but for some, for whatever reason, this episode, you know, it feels like someone you've you've gone uh, and you know this is a, this is not a metaphor that comes easily to me as a, as a vegetarian but um you know you've gone around to someone's house for christmas dinner and um you, you know you're all excited the moment of truth comes they open the oven door and you've got a raw turkey it yeah it, it, it's just it's not it doesn't feel like this should be the finished product it certainly doesn't feel like it should be a series finale no, no. um but uh, who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll get we'll get the inside story on maybe where where the issues lay, whether it was uh, last minute changes in production or whether it was just that Chibnall just didn't have time to give this script the you know the development it needed or <sighs> who knows? But it it doesn't it just doesn't work. I don't uh-huh. think. And and it's it's heartbreaking for me, you know. I look, I've moaned about RTD's series finales as being these sort of overblown operatic Sturm and Drang affairs. It it all gets a bit too much, and it's very silly and loud, and and it you know under the surface it doesn't really amount to much, but at least. When those episodes are uh, are happening on your screen, you are entertained by the sheer ballsiness and stupidity of them at times. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, even when RTD is bad, he's not boring. This is just boring television. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had to watch it in two sittings, and I'll be honest... I, I stopped halfway through last night and just went off and did the washing up and uh, defrosted my freezer, which I've been meaning to do for two months. Oh, God, I need to do that. Yeah. Right. I, I know we can't put it off any longer, David. Let's do it. But it's time for a classic, classic segment of our show to return. Okay. Because the Amazon delivery man's here. So why don't you talk oh. to the audience whilst I just go grab my parcel? Um, okay, well, hello, everyone. Um, genuinely, I do really recommend the, the work of Adam Curtis, if you're not familiar with him. I think he's a really interesting uh, documentary maker. Um, I don't always love everything he does, but I think that in some ways that's just a sign of a creator who's doing something different and interesting uh, and challenging. So uh, what he basically does with his documentaries is he'll um, he'll take together different theories... Uh, pockets of history and weave them into a narrative that that is sometimes quite surprising um looking at parts of our you know theoretical political historical discourse that maybe 
um, doesn't rise to the surface normally. Um, as I say, I think The Power of Nightmares is a really, really fantastic uh I think it's a three-part series he did, um, sort of in the wake of the uh, so-called War on Terror, uh, you know, just looking at um, the ways in which fear can be used to manipulate uh, political opinion. Um, Really, really fascinating stuff, and I'm very much enjoying The Century of the Self. Um, I believe all of his back catalogue is available on iPlayer, so if you're in the UK, uh, well worth checking out. Well, that was good timing, because I'm back now. (laughs) <laughs> See, that'll annoy everyone that hated Kablam that I'm supporting Amazon. <laughs> Needs must. I just got some LED lights to back my TV with. That's Fair enough. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, just having a little fiddle and a play. I mean, this will, to be honest, this will be far more engaging than us talking about uh, Battle of Ranskorav Kolos. There we go. There's a little update for everyone this week. I mean, apart from anything else, I think it's going to be quite a short review because generally our pro- our policy is you read out your notes and I stop you when we hit a point that I think is interesting and dis- would uh, uh, merit further discussion. I don't think we're going to hit many of those points this week. Okay. Um, I was we'll going to say, I could try and just read it as far as fast as possible. Well, we'll just see how we get on, eh? Yeah. Let's let's get stuck in, Matt. Let's do it. Right. So, the Battle of Ranskor Avkolos. This is episode ten of season eleven. It is. Okay, and it comes from the 9th of December two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. And awkwardly, I haven't written down what our review was when this episode came out. Well, last week it was Boomtown, so the following week... take a little guess? It would have been been, uh, Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways. Ooh, a good one. Yeah. Let's have a look. Just go all the way back. Uh, So, 9th of December. So, if you go back to the 8th of December, episode 10, Resolutions and Reality TV, Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways... Good knowledge, David. Well yeah. done. Yes. I generally know the order in which uh, episodes occurred. Do you ever feel you've, like, wasted brain space with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you dedicated all that knowledge to, like, learning the violin or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Matt, you, you're talking to, to a man who has recreational spreadsheets, so... Oh, wow. Right. This episode... <laughs> Is written by Chris Chibnall. Yep. Directed by Jamie Childs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I said before. I think Jamie Childs is you know he he's directed quite a lot and a lot of the better episodes of this series. I, I for all of this episode's faults, I don't think he is to blame. I think he does the best he can with what he's given. Right. Yeah, I don't know, like, in terms of the direction, that's that's not where this episode falls down, is no. it? No, it's, it's, it's only in the sense that, like, he's got nothing exciting to direct. Yeah. And that's not his fault. Yeah. He can only, he can only do, work with what's on the page. Right. So, we open with two people. One is called Delph, one mm-hmm. is called Andinio. 
Yeah. Okay. And they are reaching the end of their journey. Yeah. Can I also say, I, this is petty, but I think Chibrol is really bad at alien names. Well, yeah, but... It's been I a also... bit of a theme all through this series. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Like, he just gives them normal names, but changes, like, one letter. Yeah. So they just sort of sound, like, slightly exotic. But, yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's an art. It's a skill, I think. A very distinct skill that writers either have or don't have. And Artie, uh, and Chibbers, sorry, doesn't have. I don't believe so, no. Right. Right. So, Delph is full of doubt. He begins to meditate, and we see he can manipulate matter. Yeah. And as he's doing that, he's like smashing rocks together or something. Mm-hmm. Something lands. And before I even knew what this episode was, I've written, Is that Tim Shaw's onion? Yeah, it looks very much like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So, we cut from there to meet the TARDIS team, who have received a distress call. Yeah. Uh, In fact, they've received several distress calls. Yeah. So, they land on a ship with Mark Addy. Yeah. Good old uh, King Bobby. Yeah. He's from just down the road from where we live. Oh, is he? believe he's from York. Ah. He's certainly from I mean, that area. He's certainly a Yorkshireman, like you can tell by the accent, but uh, I didn't know he was um, that close to us. Yeah, I'm certain one year when I went to the Great Yorkshire Fringe in York, mm-hmm. they had like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a museum, uh, like an exhibition of local, you know, actors yeah. and what have you. And Mark Addy was featured. Ah, well then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll say it up top, utterly wasted. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially, and that... it, this would be off the back of his turn in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. He was he really made a, made a splash with that part. And then he comes here and it's like, you know, an actor who's capable of big, brash performances, but also, you know, that emotional underbelly mm. as well and, and and we get none of that here he just sort of gets to wander around slightly confused for a bit yeah and then like, I, I think I first knew of him from the full Monty mm. uh, but obviously his most famous turn if we go back a few episodes this series was he of course David played Fred Flintstone in Viva Rock Vegas <laughs> <laughs> alongside Alan Cumming as Gazoo. What a star-studded so, cast that is. You might not have noticed Mark Addy there, because obviously, you know, <laughs> he's in the shadow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Alan Cumming just eclipsed him as Gazoo. But, yeah, <laughs> that's the reoccurring theme this series. <laughs> Everyone. I bet little old blind Hannah was... You know, in bedrock at one point. <laughs> Probably. Right, so mm. he pulls a gun. He doesn't know what's happened, and he doesn't know his own name. Mm-hmm. So again, like, that memory loss is really intriguing. But it it's is. so wasted. You could, you could do a whole episode with this, like, uh, playing on that tension of, like, 
do we trust this guy? Has he really lost yeah, his memory? E- exactly. Like, or, when it was like, oh, all the crew are missing. I was like, well, he's got a gun. Is it going to turn out he's killed them or yeah, something? Yeah. Uh, but no, that didn't go anywhere. No. Nope. Because everything went wrong when he went outside. Yeah. That's where there was the battle. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, that's another thing I haven't mentioned. The episode is called, it's a series finale, it's called The Battle of Ranscourt Avcolos. The whole story takes place after the battle. Yeah, you told me a porky pie last <laughs> week when you were like, oh, you've got a battle to look forward I to. I said, the episode title certainly promises a battle, doesn't it? That's yeah. what I said. Yeah, well, uh, turns out you speak with a forked tongue. You oh, know. don't blame me, blame Chibbers. He's the one who mm. named the thing. Yeah. Okay. Right, so, the Doctor manages to calm his mind, and we learn that he's called Paltraki. Mm-hmm. And as they're discussing this, the ship begins to power on. Yeah. And we see that the person holding his crew is none other than Tim Shaw. Mm. So this is where the the, the, um, the Doctor's dishing out those neural balances, isn't she? Yeah. To deal with yeah. this sort of, you know mind-bending atmosphere on this planet, which, again, well, I think it. is such an interesting idea. And, as we will discuss later, no payoff. Well, I've pointed out every episode this series, oh, it's time for us to get injected with whatever. Yeah. We get it twice this week. Twice, we get yeah. neural dampeners and comlinks. <laughs> Chibnall obviously has this thing that he can't just... He has to have everything 100% explained. You know, it's like he's written the scene where people need to be talking to each other from different rooms. It's like, oh, no, I'll have to go back and add in a thing about they've got this device that lets them do that. Um, Just just let it go, Chibnall. Yeah, he's just... just... Just, you know, they're on like a spaceship. Let them have a little screen pop up or something. You know... It, oh, oh it, anyway. Yeah. Right. So, Tim Shaw's there. He's got Paltraki's crew because Paltraki stole something from him. Yeah. And it, some sort of big rock crystal. Yeah. Okay. They're trying to work out why Tim Shaw is here when the doctor sent him back where he came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something's clearly gone wrong that's led to him landing here rather than the... The Stenza homeworld. We that's think... the one. I don't know that we ever get a name for it. No, Planet Stenza. Yeah, I'll do. Right. Graham is furious. Yeah. He woke up this morning and chose violence. He's out for blood. He wants vengeance. He Obviously, he just forgot to bring his sandwich along. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not... Not his normal charming self today, is he? No. Well, no. I mean, he has been, you know, just come face to face with uh, the 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 man that he holds responsible for the death of his wife. So, yeah, I'd be probably cheesed off in similar circumstances. Yeah. So, they see loads of crashed ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. When I think it's Ryan goes, "Hey, look at that." And the only thing to look at is hundreds of crashed ships. Uh, and whilst they're talking, Paltraki's memory is coming back. Yeah. This is where the Doctor gives everyone com dots. Yeah. 
So they're splitting into teams. Paltraki and Yaz are going to fulfil Paltraki's original mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, which seems to be to gather these crystal things. Ryan and Graham are going to rescue any hostages, whilst the Doctor's going to face Tim Shaw. Now, can I ask you a question, David? Yes. The way these teams are arranged, at any point in this series, has Yaz had a conversation with Graham? <laughs> um. Does all their communication go through Ryan? As like a mutual friend. I do believe there is a short scene in Demons of the Punjab. Right. Where okay. they do speak directly to each other. But it is quite brief. Um, yeah. There are too many people on this TARDIS. It yeah, is a problem. Like, like I just don't get it. Mm. It must be so awkward on the TARDIS if they just walk past each other and it's just like, all right... No time for talk. It's disappointing because I do actually quite like uh, a crowded TARDIS. You know, the Fifth Doctor's era famously um, generally had three companions and also a lot of William Hartnell uh, stories, earlier William Hartnell. Um, And it can work, but those stories, you have the luxury of, like, minimum four episodes. Mm. They're literally twice the length of the average New Who story. Um, And... You just don't have the space to give everyone interesting things to do every week. And because I think Chibnall was particularly interested in the emotional journey of Graham and Ryan, you know, Graham dealing with grief, Ryan dealing with, you know, feelings of abandonment and and struggling with, with, you know, all those family-related issues, that ended up being the focus. And Yaz is just sort of there. Yeah. You know, and it's... It's a real shame because I'll be honest, I think of the three, she's actually the most interesting and has the most potential, but we've just seen none of it in this particular uh, series. Yeah. She's just kind of there, isn't she? Yeah. Right. So from there, they've split up into their teams. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Graham's still out for vengeance. This is where he tells the doctor, look, if I bump into Tim Shaw, I will kill him. Yeah. It's an interesting moment, I think. Um, you know, I, 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 like I say, I like, I like the idea of the Doctor being gently challenged, and like Graham's not, you know, he's not trying to make an enemy of the Doctor here. Mm. He's just being like, look, I respect you, so I'm just going to be honest with you. This is how I feel. This is what I intend to do, and I know you're not going to like it. Uh, yeah. I think that that's actually uh, probably the most interesting moment in the whole story. Yeah, I, like I say, I, uh, Graham's probably the best bit about this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he and Ryan head off where they're immediately accosted by some of the sniper bots. Yep, lovely to see those back. What iconic villains. Yeah. Why are they called sniper bots when you can avoid their shooting just by ducking? And they don't hide. They just sort of stand in plain sight. Big, chunky robots. So, Graham and Ryan manage to get some of the sniper bots to kill all the other sniper bots. Yeah. And they immediately leave. They make make stormtroopers look like frickin' Robin Hood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So the Doctor meets the lady from earlier, Andinio, of the Ux. We find out there's only two at a time. Mm -hmm. And they came for the creator. Yeah. Okay. The Doctor tells Andinio to show this creator her face. Okay. So this is where the Ux begin to question their faith because the Doctor basically says, look, if he's God, how come he recognises me? We go way back. We've got history. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Paltraki's memory comes back to the point he remembers he was called to deal with any war atrocities on this planet. Mm -hmm. He remembers that as he and Yaz find more of the crystals. And we haven't really mentioned, they're like big glass rocks, but they've got something vibrating within them. They do. Okay. Graham and Ryan find dozens of hostages rather than just Paltraki's team. Yep. And Tim Shaw finally sees the Doctor. Okay. Yeah. So, this is where he says, ready him. So we know something big's coming. Mm -hmm. And it turns out we are 3,407 years after Tim Shaw's defeat at the hands of the Doctor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the Ux now worship him as a god. And he has made them aid his revenge. So his Stenza technology, he's kind of improvised as miracles to convince them he's more than he actually is. Because they've never seen yeah. such things. Yeah, and he's sort of exploiting their power. Um, okay. Yeah, a really interesting concept, but not not explored in a remotely interesting way. Because it's like, it, we don't get to learn any of this. It's all just told to us. Mm. It, 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 it's literally a scene of just Tim Shaw just sat down telling the Doctor everything and the Doctor pulling faces and be like, oh, oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially, it all ramps up where he's like, I want the one thing everyone wants. Yeah. And I'm like, what, power, money, respect? And he just goes revenge so like mm. his whole character is he got beat by the doctor and he didn't like it yeah and so he's just been pouting for, yeah. for th thousands of years like would it not <sighs> have been more interesting if the doctor narrowly beat him mm -hmm. and then he came back with the entire stenza fleet yeah yeah, absolutely. You know, ramp up that, the drama. That could have you know, been amazing. Think, you know, I know we always use this analogy, but think about Alien and Aliens. Yeah, well, RTD does it in Series 1. You've got Episode 6, Dalek, and then the two-part finale is like, oh, no, there wasn't just one Dalek. They've got to made a shit ton of new ones. This, yeah. is, this is a big problem now. You know, perfect. But here, the, the structure is Tim Shaw set up in Season 1, his his race is referenced uh, uh, in, in episode two, and then absolutely no mention whatsoever until episode ten, and then he just pops back and he's older and grumpier, yeah. and and also much less physically capable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it baffling. It, it baffles right. me the creative choices in this episode. Yeah, so. Ryan loves Graham. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, yeah. we kind of, like, a, like I think, was it James Swiss said? We, we've kind of already got the closure on this story arc last week. 
Yeah. But this is just uh, this is just like a I don't know victory lap for that story arc. I feel like. I wonder if Yaz is aware of this or whether like no one's talked to her today and she's just not realised. <laughs> yeah, I I think she's probably just she's probably just been on the TARDIS just sort of quietly reading a book or something. Mm. Well, just, at this moment, just she's... texting her mates, be like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm on holiday. It's a bit boring to be honest." Just like, uh, I've met this guy. I'm not certain whether he likes me or not. <laughs> like, um, so she's off with Paltraki. Yeah. And they find Delph being tied up because the Ooks are dimensional, like, engineers. Yep. So with his ability to manipulate matter, he has become a weapon. Yeah. It's so weird in some way, when you take, take a step back and think about it, that the Ooks were kind of waiting for a god to turn up and they latch on to Tim Shaw, when it's like, they literally have god powers compared to this yeah. this bloke with teeth on his face. Yeah. Uh, Not yeah. good. Yeah. So, Delph is clearly being manipulated. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of, like, biblical symbolism as he's up on a cross, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dig too deep into this, but I think it's very kind of... It's very muddy. I think... I could be bringing my own baggage to this, but I think there is a route you could have taken this story which makes it a very pointed... um, cautionary tale about uh, the the issues of of blind faith. Mm. You know, that just that being motivated by just pure belief can lead you down a dark path um, if you're not careful. Um, But we sort of get that here, but it's not really framed properly to to make that point convincingly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's trying to do something, but just not quite capable enough. Yeah. Right. So... The weaponization of Delph links to the crystals mm-hmm. because using his ability to manipulate matter, he is trapping whole planets. Yeah. Okay. So the doctor's obviously not that pleased mm-hmm. at this revelation, yep. especially when Tim Shaw says Earth is next. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Graham and Ryan have freed some hostages and the doctor uses sorry she's back with Yaz now isn't she yeah they she use is. the neurobalancers on the ooks yeah because that stops their transmission great so, but and i remember the first time i watched it i was like oh wow so this is going to be like a real you know things are really going to be in the balance now because we've we've established that this this the, the sort of atmosphere of this planet is really going to like mess with their minds and they're having to make this tough sacrifice to take these neural balances off, give them to the Ux to save the planet and it could really, you know, who knows what it's going to do to the Doctor and Yaz. Um, turns out they have a bit of a headache. Yeah, just a just a mild inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, just pop back to the TARDIS, get a couple of, pa- a couple of uh, paracetamol and it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. What? So... <sighs> oh. I'm kind of jumping back between different stories. Yeah, it's all right. That's out of sync. That's the way it works. The the Doctor then frees the Ux and the planet crystals begin to crack. Mm -hmm. 
Graham. Uh... Have we seen yet? By the way, sorry. This shot, the shot of when they're so, when they're, they're starting to target the Earth, and like you know, so you've got this beam of red energy that's like spreading out over the surface of the planet. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. Exactly. Uh, look, uh, with an RTD finale, you would have at least had a couple of shots of, uh, of like, you know, shaky camera and some people on an ordinary street in Cardiff. You what know, you would have had running was around a panicking. jump to the BBC News studio. Yeah. Yeah. RTD loved that, and you'd have the real BBC News presenters of course. saying how bad everything is. And yeah, it's cheap, but also it's effective because it actually grounds the thing and makes it feel like a real threat. We don't know whether anyone on planet Earth even noticed that this was happening. Mm. It, it, it's like you can't you can't write a story where the fate of planet Earth is at stake. And at no point do we actually see anyone on planet Earth reacting to the threat. Hmm. It, that make, that, that it, absolutely boggles my mind. Yeah, like, did that wave even reach Earth? Did anything negative happen? Yeah, well, or did I, it I get mean, stopped we, halfway? We, we see the CGI shot of it actually, like, starting to spread over the surface of the planet. Presumably, at the very least, it's turning the sky red and crackling with energy and spooking birds and goodness knows what else but we don't see any of that it does it feels it feels weightless and, and detached um so it yeah any any potential sort of finale level stakes are entirely squandered here so graham and ryan are fighting off sniper bots whilst they free hostages mm -hmm. graham tells ryan to go on ahead and he's like don't worry i'm not going to waste this grenade on tim shaw and as soon as ryan turns his back graham does like a nice face as if to say yeah i bloody will idiot mm -hmm. uh so graham runs and you think he's going to get tim shaw but he does do the right thing he blows the robots up he cites the line from Die Hard. He says, yippee ki robots. Mm -hmm. Imagine if it put the actual quote there. <laughs> Saturday night, BBC. And mm -hmm. like, oh, we like Graham. He's a nice man. And he's like, yeah, yippee ki motherfucker. The thing is, IRL, Graham definitely would have done the real quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're but... going to say yippee ki you don't. Pull your punches and no. stuff halfway, do you? No, but it's a family show. It is, yeah. Right, so the Doctor wants to use the TARDIS to put the planets back. And we get a nice little bit here where it's... It's really surreal. Because mm -hmm. it's like showing you how great the TARDIS is. Yeah. But we've never... This series been told it's not that great. <laughs> like, it's not like at the beginning of the series where we'd lost it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, if only we had something that can fly through time and space and put these back. Yeah. We know we've got that. Yeah. Right. Graham eventually comes face-to-face -face with Tim Shaw. Yeah. Okay. And he thinks better of revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he sees that Tim Shaw's quest for revenge has ultimately led to his downfall. So he doesn't want the same outcome. 
Yeah. So when Tim Shaw kind of berates him and says, you won't shoot him, he shoots Tim Shaw in the foot just to shut him up more than anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it again. It sort of muddies the message, doesn't it? Yeah. A little bit, and it's muddied even further, I think, by what what Graham and Ryan do next. But I don't know if what, we're at that. A little fist bump. No, not that. Um, oh. But what they ultimately do with with Tim Shaw, you know, because I would argue an eternity in solitary confinement mm. is worse than death. Yeah, because when that eternity ends, yeah. at the end of the universe, what's going to happen anyway? He's going to pop back out again. It'll be even more up, uh, annoyed. Well, no, it's yeah. going to be the end of the universe, so he'll be dead anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. Now I'm thinking, like, so, it, sooner or later, he's going to pop back out, isn't he? You yeah, know, and he's going to be like, oh, I would have got away with it if it, it wasn't for you like, meddling kids. And it's basically just been, you know... Just another round of, of centuries of, of torture. Mm. Um, I, I don't feel like it's 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 like the issue we had with Arachnids in the UK, where this series is talking a big game about morality, but it actually the morality is not thought through. No, well, I think as well, just to steer the conversation. Mm. When the doctor's putting the planets back, yeah, it's like, oh, you need to log in and put your hands in the TARDIS psychic link, mm-hmm. and then she like turns to Yaz and goes, just like your granddad's watch, and it's as if to say that is the only purpose Yaz has served this series. <laughs> it's like, remember that episode a few weeks yeah. ago? Yeah, we're just gonna remember that you were there for that. You know, you think back to. Um the Pandorica opens and the way that story starts with just like peppering in all these little, you know, callbacks to everything we've mm. seen so far that series. And it's so satisfying. Um, yeah, this, this episode is not doing that. No. So they put the planets back. Graham and Ryan locked Tim Shaw in one of his prison pods. Mm-hmm. They say Goodbye. And the Doctor calls everyone fam. The end. The end. Um, yeah. Oh, we get we get a little speech. She does this little speech about, like, you know, keep your faith. Travel with with hope. The universe will surprise you. I feel like they're trying to give her a William Hartnell, one day I shall come back style, you know, yeah. touching speech. It falls completely flat. It just It's just platitudes. Yeah. It's just there for the sake of being there. Yeah. And and also, I feel like keep your faith is very bad advice for the Yucks because their faith has just potentially caused the destruction of multiple planets. Um, so maybe a better, a better message might have been learn to think critically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Don't let's just keep an open mind going you. forward. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh dear. So yeah, I find it a very, very frustrating episode. Um, I, and look, I've, I, I, I hope over the course of our discussions of Series 11, it's become clear that um, I'm by no means not my Doctor type, 
and I'm not someone who is interested in just mindlessly criticising and bashing Chris Chibnall. Um, I think he's capable of good writing. I think we've seen some of it this series. We will definitely see more of it in the future. But this episode is... A failure. A just Yeah, a failure. It just does not achieve what it sets out to do. And frankly, I'm not even clear on what it is trying to do. I mean, mm. I, the only measure by which I can judge it is, is it a satisfying episode of Doctor Who? And does it is it a satisfying series finale? The answer to which is both. Beyond that, I don't know what kind of message it's trying to convey. I don't know what kind of emotional arc it's supposed to be giving our protagonists. Um, it, yeah, it just, it's, a, it's unfortunately a, a complete, misfire um but having said that as as others uh, other tweeters have mentioned for a lot of people it basically isn't the series finale because a month later we had uh, a little episode called resolution and uh, we'll be watching that next week we will be watching that next week so So we're uh, watching that next week and then series wrap up series wrap up and then we will be on to oh the fifth doctor And I haven't, you know what, I haven't chosen an episode yet. So, listeners, um, drop us some suggestions for Fifth Doctor episodes to cover. We're not going to do the Five Doctors, uh, because I think that's going to be potentially something we cover uh, elsewhere. Um, And um, I'm leaning towards Kinder. I'll say that. I, I, I would quite like us to do Kinder, but I am very open to suggestions, listeners. Uh, bearing in mind, Matt didn't enjoy Enlightenment very much. No. And uh, Kinder is another one on the more experimental end of the spectrum, so... Um, I, I, I also <clears throat> want to say, David... Yes. ...that by the time this goes out, that will give people pretty much a week to supply any thoughts for our series wrap-up. Yes. We always leave it last minute. This is the first time ever I've remembered. <laughs> yes. So. Please send in your thoughts for... Uh, questions for Matt, questions for us both. Um, your feelings about this series. Um, anything you're excited about for what we've got still to cover in terms of the, the Jodie Whittaker, Chris Chibnall era. Um, but obviously no spoilers, please, for anything for series 12 onwards because Matt's... Obviously, never seen that yet. Um, so, yeah, that housekeeping all out of the way. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. And do join us next week when we will be discussing uh, Resolution. But until then, cheerio. Bye now. for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is time nor space pod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at time nor space pod and thank you to alexander urban for his smashing arrangement of the doctor who theme